Well, America is off work, and in parts of Texas, they're also out of power with freezing temperatures to boot. But that aside, it's a day to be fairly positive. Well, I'm going to give it a go anyway. With the pound and the FTSE 100 doing well in the UK, Japanese GDP coming in a lot better than expected, vaccines starting to be rolled out in Australia. What is there not to like? Let's see if we can keep this positivity flowing through the next 12 minutes or so. It's Tuesday, the 16th of February, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, it was President's Day in the United States, so no movement in stocks or bonds. Futures are up, though, for U.S. shares. And the FTSE 100 in the U.K. is playing catch-up. It's up 2.5%. The Eurostock's 50 up 1%. That'll teach American investors to take the day off. Uh, it, was, it was a day's holiday in Hong Kong and China as well. A slight fall in the U.S. dollar, again, drifting down to 90.3 now on the DXY index. The U.S. dollar is up a third of 1% on the Japanese yen. The Aussie dollar also up a third of 1% against the US dollar and the pound up 0.4% with the euro trailing well behind for now. And oil is even higher this morning. WTI is now over $60 a barrel, up over 1% today. Brent is up just uh, over 1.3%, whilst gold is down today. And Ray Atrell, head of FX strategy and NAB in Sydney, is here with me today. It, it all seems like uh, good news today. Even, even a couple of grumpy old middle-aged men like you and I can't really talk things down, can we? I mean, vaccines are being rolled out quickly in many parts of the world. Lockdowns look like they're going to ease sometime soon. Case numbers are falling. The US stimulus package is going to happen. Uh, interest rates are staying low. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but, you know, it was, it's uh, obviously uh, re- responsible for rising asset prices. We're seeing this weakening of the US dollar, low yields for uh, for bonds, which raises the question, if you've got low yields and in other asset classes, you know, they're topping out. I mean, how do you make money right now? Where is the yield? Yeah, morning, Phil. Well, where st- uh, buy stocks and where diamonds seems to be the answer to that question, <laughs> doesn't it? Really. Um, How long? But for? I think you can sum you can sum all of those, all of your intro there up, I suppose, into two words, which is reflation trade yeah. is is alive and kicking. And um, as you say, certainly that the, you know, the market's not losing sight of its sort of optimistic view of uh, you know when economies are going to more fully reopen and um, excluding international borders this year at least anyway and um you know and certainly you know one of the the the, the nuggets of news that is is helping drive that is, is the uk vaccine mm. rollout yeah. um what are we up to 23 percent the last i looked so um you know so that's uh, in terms of 23 percent of the population having had one jab and they are at the moment are streets ahead of um if you look at germany italy and france for example they're, they're not yet at or just about at five percent in the u.s in the sort of mid-teens. So um, but just proof that, um, you know, when countries do get their administrative act together, mm. um, you know, rapid rollout is certainly um, is certainly possible. So, yeah. you know, that at least is preventing any challenge to this view that, um, you know, the global economy is going and to look th- much better. And oil prices are, are, you know, to some extent have reflected that, even though there are obviously there are some supply specifics, particularly in Texas, yeah. where we've had uh, production cutbacks we've got uh, because of... Uh, um, cold weather in some of the shale oil uh, basins in, in Texas. We've got rolling blackouts there because yes. of shortages. And in the last half an hour, the um, the biggest oil refinery in um, in the US, in Texas, somewhere called Port Arthur, not Port Arthur, Tasmania, Port Arthur, Texas, um, has shut down as well. Mm. So, um, so you've got sort of supply side 
adding to you know optimism optimism about yeah. demand and belief that OPEC will extend or OPEC plus will extend its, its production curbs uh, as well. Inventories are falling, so the oil prices is certainly on the up. Which um, you know, ostensibly, it's not good news. It's not good news for oil consumers, mm. is it? It's a demand shock or the equivalent of a tax. But um, and if it keeps on happening, then the, presumably it's going to add to inflation as well, which is you know with all the debt uh, swilling around at the moment, something we don't really want to see particularly in a hurry. No, absolutely. So, um, you know, it's something clearly to keep an eye on. But, um, you know, hopefully when the, the weather improves in, in, in North America, we will see the supply. <laughs> well, minus 11 in Dallas right now, as we're recording this, the temperature in mm. Dallas is minus 11 degrees centigrade, uh, which, you know, in the in the south, you would have thought uh, that would be very rare. Look, you mentioned the UK and how quickly they're rolling uh, out the vaccine there. Uh, and yesterday, I mean, we, we talked about uh, yesterday how bond yields were rising along with equities rising on Friday in the United States, which is something we don't often see. Today, we've got the pound doing well and the FTSE 100 doing well. And we don't often see that, do we? Because, uh, the, you know, many of the companies on the FTSE 100 are based on foreign earnings. But we did see that both on the up today. No, interesting, as you say, because, uh, you know, generally sterling weakness is typically, I can't remember what the share, but it's it's a very large proportion of FTSE 100 uh, company earnings are, are derived from overseas. Mm. And therefore, uh, sterling weakness, even if sterling weakness is caused by economic weakness, uh, tends to be good news for the, for the stock market. Yet again, another example of a disconnect between Main Street and the equivalent of Wall Street, I suppose. But uh, yeah. no, I think. But I think the vaccine rollout and uh, and the words coming from uh, Mr. Johnson and others about uh, really trying to get the economy uh, reopening as early as March, um, you know, is certainly uh, certainly helping sentiments towards sterling. With uh, you know the dollar sterling exchange rate knocking on the door of one forty. So um, you know, and NAB's forecast has been that uh, you know post the. Um, you know, the post-Brexit trade deal, we would see sterling starting to recoup um, a lot of its sort of underperformance that's really plagued it ever since the referendum. Um, And at the moment, things are are moving a little bit faster than our own forecast. We've got 140 in the uh, forecast for the second quarter, but uh, we're we're already above 139. So uh, maybe that's going to arrive before the end of this quarter. It is all good news, isn't it? And obviously Boris Johnson wants this to be the the final lockdown. He doesn't want it anymore. Whenever I say the final lockdown, I've got strands of uh, uh, the, the banned Europe going through my head, the final lockdown. Uh, so, <laughs> final countdown, isn't it? The final, final countdown, final I know. Uh, you don't need to explain my jokes. Uh, look, what about, uh, let's talk about the Japanese yen, because uh, that fell further than the US dollar, as I said. Uh, they had uh, good GDP numbers, didn't they? So uh, how's the market? And the Nikkei topping 30,000 for the first time since 1990. So quite a bit of uh, movement on the markets in Japan. That's right. And uh, another great example of when uh, good news is bad news mm. when it comes to currencies. So, uh GDP yesterday printing at three uh, percent on the quarter, and uh, the level of GDP in Japan is only I think just over one percent below its pre-pandemic peaks. You compare that with something like the UK. I know you're talking very positively about everything in the UK, yes. but the UK is about eight percent I think below the uh, its year ago level. Mm. So a good contrast there, um, you know, and a good re- rebound in, in business investment driving that now. Um, to put a damper on things, the first quarter is probably going to be negative, obviously, because of the renewed uh, the lockdowns that uh, have happened in Tokyo and elsewhere. But from a currency point of view, um, you know, it, it's really a combination of rising U.S. Treasury yields. So we've seen that 10-year 
Treasury yield, it hit uh, 120, didn't it, last Thursday? We were up to uh, closer to 125 in the futures markets um, during our time zone yesterday. And also the Japanese stock market, which is a top 30,000 for the first time since 1990. Mm. I was looking at the chart last night and they only need another 30% or 25% rally and they'll be back to the peaks that we had prior to the Japanese crash in, in early uh, 1990. So still a long way to go there. At, um, um, but, uh, but, but generally, positive stocks have historically been associated with a weaker yen. And there's a bit of two-way causality there because a weaker yen, as, as we're just talking about the UK and sterling, is, is good news for the export sector. So uh, there's a little bit of that going on, I suspect, anyway. But um, so, yes, dollar yen up, um, you know, uh, it was the well, the yen was the only currency to weaken against a, a weakening US dollar yesterday. Although, you know, it is starting to look a little bit um, dollar yen looking a little bit expensive on, on our model. So we're a little bit cautious about wanting to chase this move. And here. they are rolling out with their vaccines very quickly as well, because, of course, they've got the Olympics to hold on. What a fantastic event that's going to be, he said, uh, sticking with the positivity theme this morning. I'm liking it. It's putting me in a good mood the more we talk well i'll tell you what i was thinking i was thinking about that is that uh you know i think the the, uh, the expectation is that uh you know more likely than not it may still get cancelled mm. and uh, think about countries that have held the olympics and have then gone into a deep mire brazil and greece most readily yeah, spring yeah. to mind so, you're saying so you have the olympics and then you have a post olympics right. so you're actually saying cancelling the olympics so if, might actually be they, good news if they cancel them it may keep the uh, it may keep the positivity going absolutely you know? well there we are they're not going to hold the olympics and they're going to do well because of it uh, so what about the is the us dollar going to keep drifting down and what does that mean for the aussie dollar is that going to keep drifting up at the same time because we've been around this 77.8 mark for a lot of this year are we going to break through it do you think sometime soon well, it's certainly, you know, even though we've, we've come a long way, if I look at the Aussie dollar in relation to commodity prices in particular, we could certainly justify higher levels. Um, I think it's interesting that, I mean, the US dollar effectively has been sideways so far this year. I was looking at the dollar indices and they're pretty much bang in the middle of the ranges that we've had so far this year. But I think it's interesting that we've got rising treasury yields. Uh, we've got rising confidence in the um, President Biden $1.9 trillion COVID stimulus plan actually getting up, and yet the dollar is not able to benefit from that. So I think that's sort of potentially telling that, um, you know, we're still, you know, we are still quite committed US dollar bears. And um, I think the deficit implications of, uh, of this stimulus plan are not completely lost uh, on the market. And also inflation expectations are rising as fast as bond yields themselves are rising. So the dollar isn't getting any support from higher real bond yields at the moment. So um, yes, yeah, so the dollar sideways. And then going back to oil, historically, there is a negative correlation between the oil price and the US dollar. So obviously, some of the oil price strength is sort of supply shock driven, but to the extent it does reflect, you know, rising confidence in the global demand backdrop, that is also yeah. something that will play US dollar negative. So all that but to say, um, we're still looking for Aussie dollar to uh, to hit 80 cents during uh, the first half of this year. And um, as I say, the risks perhaps, as also with sterling above 140, is that it might arrive a little sooner than our forecast currently. So uh, continuing the good news, just one COVID case in Victoria. The vaccine has arrived now, 60,000 people to start with by the end of the month in, in Australia. Okay, we had a big fall in new home sales, but I mean, that is because of the end of the, the, the home buildup 
program, isn't it, really? So the good news is that showed how much the home builder program worked. So let's keep the positive uh, strain going there. I mean, that's just a short-term blip, isn't it? Um, yes, and obviously there was a little bit of an impact, I think, on auction clearance rates from the, on the five-day lockdown in Victoria. So, uh, But I think that's more of a blip. Yeah. Um, you know, st- we still look across the ditch to what's happening in New Zealand. We're going to get the Rhine some house sales data uh, later this morning, and uh, almost certainly they will show that the, uh, the housing market continues to be on uh, the proverbial fire as far as New Zealand is concerned. And um, as I say, and with, with rates at zero and the RBA signalling that they are not going anywhere for many years, it's, it's clearly stimulating um, a lot of demand for housing and uh, no obvious sign that that's, uh, that's going to reverse anytime soon. And uh, weekly wages and payrolls data for the last week of January is uh, out this morning as well. And the RBA meeting uh, minutes, now we heard a lot from Philip Lowe last week. Are we going to get anything else out of those minutes today? I wouldn't have thought so when we've had, you know, we've had this full those speech We've had the minutes, we've had the statement of monetary policy, we've had other RBA um, uh, board members mm. testifying. So so unlikely, I think. So probably a little bit more interest today in those weekly payrolls because we do get the uh, the full-blown uh, employment report on Thursday. And, um, you know, knowing that things like uh, about 100,000 people came off JobSeeker um, in January, I think. So the risks are that, um, you know, that the labour market numbers will, will print to the high side of expectations. That's certainly um, our economists forecast at this stage. So a little bit of interest in there and, and right. probably much less so in the minutes, I'd suggest. And the Empire Manufacturing Index in the United States as well. That is just about it. I'm exhausted. All that positivity. I need to have a lie down now. Uh, good to talk, Ray. Catch you again very soon. Thank you. Will do. Thanks, Phil. And that is it. That's the Tuesday morning edition of the Morning Call from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. I am back again for the Wednesday edition which will be, strangely enough, tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Have a great Tuesday.